Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Our podcast will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. Today's podcast was produced by Associate Pastor Corey Lyndon Bellamy Sr. Our editors are Lady Satoya Clanton and Sister Tynika Harris Coronado. I'll be back with today's episode. During today's podcast, we will conclude our conversation with Pastor Angela Jad discussing singles and sexual health. Pastor Jed, welcome to The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Thank you, Bishop Bellamy. Thank you so much for having me today. We have, we have young couples here who are raising their children in secular schools. Some of homeschooling, others are in, in public school systems. In the public school systems, there is a lot of education on sexual health. At what age should children be educated about sexual health based on your professional experiences? So I have never, as far as in my professional field, dealt with children. However, when, when I thought about this, I thought about the scripture. The scripture said to train up the child the way that they should go. Mm-hmm. And when he is old, he not depart from that. Okay. So, so I could not help but to think that when I read that, with, you know, when I read that and thought about that. So because I'm not, though, some time ago, I would have said around about four or fourth or fifth grade. And as I was looking at some things and even thinking about myself as a parent going to volunteer in the school system, when they were going to have this discussion, because you're not going to tell my child just anything. Right. Right. So. So, so I would make sure I was there because I just can We cannot depend on the, the depend on the school system for this. But around about fourth or fifth grade. So, but when I begin to look at this a little bit deeper today, because of all the things that's going on with our children, because of the molestation, a rape, adults fondling people's children while they're babysitting for them, things like that. I really begin to look at that, and I said, we really start that earlier. Mm-hmm. We just don't realize that we do mm-hmm. because self and and uh, had had these discussions. Uh, we start teaching our children their body parts, right? Yes. When we're teaching them their body parts, uh, usually around three years old, kind of give or take, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we're literally saying to them, at least I can only speak for myself as a parent who's always been open with my kids, that, you know, these are your body parts. We're going to teach them the arm and the foot. But then when we get to the other private parts, as I would teach my children, nobody touches these. Okay. These are your private parts. Mm-hmm. That is the introduction right there. Okay. That is the introduction. And then we go on and then we go on from there. And then there's, you know, there's other times when we build from there. So when they get a little bit older, we talk a little bit more and then, you know, but what's, if there's a certain particular age, I just can't think there's a certain age. And that's because what about the child that I think to my, when I think to myself, what about that child that asked that question because they saw something on TV? Exactly. And they're five and they're six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They ask questions. Yeah, I, I, I just talked with um, a parent whose daughter attends a public school system, and she has a lesbian teacher who is married, and I think they have children 
she came home and asked her mom, you know, what, what is this? Uh, what does this mean? Or they may see two gay people at school or out in the public being affectionate. And they, they ask their parents. She asked her parents, what, what is that? What, what does that mean? It's very challenging for married couples raising children and then knowing at what age to introduce sexuality to them and then to be able to do it in a way that it is it is healthy and appropriate uh, for them and some some families pastor pastor are having problems with that mhm there are very good books out there i wish i had one at the top of my head but i don't know the name of it mm-hmm. but i remember purchasing a book and reading and sitting down and, and going through that book with my children. Very casual situation, you know, uh, you just popped up, you know, at the couch and you, you're sitting there with your child and you've got this book. I wish I knew the name of it. And it actually just kind of uh, kind of goes through some, you know, those basic things. Because I don't believe that we should introduce too much. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we do not want to leave our children, uh, children ignorant to Satan's devices. Right. Especially when you're thinking about that child who's at school. So we need, we cannot, a long time ago, as, uh, I've been safe for 29 years, okay? So what the way that would have looked back then was, oh, we, no, this is a taboo. We can't have this discussion. And and shame on you, parent, for saying anything. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're, however, you're, you're ungodly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're definitely ungodly. In your world, and you're thinking like the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're not even saved today. <laughs> but, you know, but, but the reality is, if we do not have these conversations with our children, the world will. The child that goes to school with them will, the school teacher will, who who has that picture prop with the two women and the and the child. Yeah. So now that question is arise, you see? Yeah. So so if we do not answer these questions with our children and make them feel comfortable to ask them so that they will not be shy to come back. Because if we treat them any kind of way, we do that whole face thing and all of the things that we do as parents, you know. Uh, we, we almost want to go run, you know, and, and, and go send to Aunt Sally. Go over there. She knows all about this stuff. Yeah. No, we know all about it, too. <laughs> but, we you know, know when I was when I was coming along and, of course, um, I'm a pew baby. We never had those. At least I never had those open type of discussions with my dad and mom. I don't know of any of my siblings that had those open questions those type of questions with them during that time. It was like you said, taboo. We didn't discuss it. It was all around us. It probably would have been helpful if we had been more comfortable talking to our parents about our sexuality or even someone who was a spiritual leader within the church. It may have saved a lot of our young people that we lost to the to the world because they were mm-hmm. not given proper guidance one at home and the church was not playing a role there in Absolutely. your observation and experience what you're doing within the ministry as a pastor and those finding themselves comfortable talking to you is it working are you seeing the benefits of it i am I am seeing the benefits because when I am educating and, and for a lot of, most of the saints know what I do. 
So when I'm educating them, I am coming from a perspective to where if I'm talking about STDs, I'm going to talk about STDs. <laughs> so and uh, then therefore, I am actually educating them, you know, in these particular areas. I say it is helping because, number one, I've helped them to realize who they are, mm-hmm. how valuable they are. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. Why would you give yourself over to somebody? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and building them up for who they are so that they can know that they don't have to have this sexual relationship with this person to be, you know, to feel like they're that they're whole. Mm-hmm. Or to feel like, you know, that I've got to, I've got to go because I'm a teenager and I got to help have sex because all my friends are having sex, yeah. you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so I talk about this very openly, even with the teens, you know, that you do not have to do that. And these people, these particular people, there, a lot of them, Bishop, they'll learn to value who they are. Mm-hmm. And then once they see that and how valuable they are to Jesus Christ and the fact that they want to live like God would want them to live, when they get that part, a lot of them just even on that will literally stop and say, no, I'm better than that. Mm-hmm. I deserve marriage before, mm-hmm. you know, love and marriage, right? Before anything. Yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry. That, that's, that, that's wonderful. It, it's making a difference. And um, I'm sure that that is rewarding to you and <laughs> uh, a blessing, a blessing to them. Let me ask you this. We we're talking about sexual activity among believers, single believers. Can can a single be saved and sexually active? Can it be saved and sexually active? I believe if they're sexually active, if they're committing fornication. Okay. So then I have to go back to the word. There's too many scriptures that say, you know, flee fornication. Mm-hmm. Do not consider fornication. So we know that fornication is a sin. Okay. And, and, there, and so the scripture that I take people to, I will let people know real quick that the scripture says that the fornicator and the adulterer is not going to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And I know it Yeah. with everything else that I've said, I know that's tough, but I'm always going to take them back to the scripture, no matter what anyway. So I would let them know if you continue, I'm not God, but I know the scripture says that the fornicator is not going to make it in. So you need to work on stopping mm-hmm. fornication. Mm-hmm. Unique because you don't want to die in your sin. Right, right. No matter what that sin is. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I know what I said earlier. That was the small portion, you know, of it. This. So, what you've just asked goes into that bigger part as well. So, definitely, you know, fornication is a sin. If you choose to do this, this can be your outcome if you don't stop. You need to repent. Mm-hmm. Literally, you need to repent of that sin. You need to stop that sin. And definitely letting them know that I would tell them, I'm not God. So I, I can tell you what God's going to do if you die tomorrow and you're in your sins. But I know what the scripture said. And I got to stand on that. Yeah. The scripture said that the fornicated, the adultery, they said they're not going to make it in. They're going to have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. You better know it. And that's worse than an and, STD. And it's worse than an STD. <laughs> and, and, that, and that is the reason why when, when I talk to people about these things, I always come, everything is scripture. And then usually, typically, they're gone about their way. Everything is scripture-based. It is me praying with them. It is me fasting with them, putting them on three-day fast, you know, whatever it takes. All of that. And the question you asked earlier, you know, but then what do you do when they don't? You know, yeah. what, what do you do when they're going to go ahead and have sex anyway? Yeah. And then I take them even deeper. This is what the scripture says about your life right now. 
And then what about and, what about the young lady? She, you know, you've advised her, you've counseled her, you've poured your love and and attention to her, and she just she comes up. I mean, she doesn't choose to do for, uh, use protection, and she comes up pregnant. Mm -hmm. So when they do, number one, I will tell you, as a pastor, and I know many many pastors have have had this experience, including myself. It is a hard thing yeah. because your heart breaks. Yeah. Oh my God. Because I'm like, oh, my God, I've educated, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I've done more than I know some do. Uh, and so it, it, first of all, it just breaks your heart. But I have literally hugged a young lady before. Mm -hmm. And I held her and she wept. Wow. And wow. she wept and I hugged her. And I let her know it was going to be okay. That's just the compassion in me for souls. But at the same time, I and I'm, it's tough love, so to speak. I said, but baby, this is why I didn't want you to do this. This mm -hmm. is why I taught you. This is that. Now I got, I got to teach you and help somebody to guide you because I used to do first-time parenting, okay? I mm -hmm. worked in the health department over 10 years for first-time parenting. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and educating first uh, these young mothers and, and, and dads. So that was my other job. <laughs> so so, uh, so uh, none of this is new to me. All of this is, and you know, so those jobs even helped me. Yeah. I believe that God was just setting me up through my professional mm -hmm. field. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that was at the health department for over 10 years, about 10 and a half years, working with first-time parents. I had ever, I was saved doing that. But I went in each house with an open mind, ready to educate that teen mom. So how can I not, Bishop, give that same thing to this hurting young lady who calls herself a sister in Christ? We can't who stop. Who said that she saved. I cannot cut that off. We can't so stop. We can't stop loving them. Exactly. So, so it is very difficult. And if they are active, yes, you're going to sit down, but I'm not going to put you out of church yeah. and feed you to the devil. Yeah. I'm not going to feed you to the wolf. Mm. Wow. I'm not going to do it. Wow. You can't, you can't be active, but you're going to come to, you matter of fact, you better be at church. Mm -hmm. I like what you said. I am not going to feed you to the wolves. That's love. That's patience. Let's, let's talk about, we've, we've got about, um, we've got about, 15 minutes left and I want to I want to talk about STDs let's talk about those um, sexually transmitted diseases what's going on with the with the STDs you're, you're working in that field you you see it happening um, every day what's happening there so part of for, that I work in in particular again HIV uh, I worked my, my first research project that I worked on was in 2008 and it was black women in the study epidemics. I, that's where we, this is when all of this opened up for me and I was so grateful for it uh, because I actually had the opportunity to become an HIV tester and counselor for the state of Kentucky. So you do pre-test counseling, post-test counseling, so forth and do it. And then I also had the opportunity to deal with herpes. There was, oh, hep C was the other that a lot of people don't think about. Mm -hmm. So so what is happening right now that, that we're seeing this trend when I when I go back to check out CDC, there's an up and down. So at one point you will see that, for example, the young the young people, when they look at the age range of 15 to 24, at one uh, time, Bishop, it was more of, oh, the numbers are declining mm -hmm. because they were getting more education. Okay. So people were stopping some of the things because and we're not talking about the believer. We're talking about the um, a lot of unbelievers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, across the board. So people were getting educated. So things it was declining. 
But then a few years later, it goes back and increases again. So what I have noticed is an up and down. And especially, uh, I think one of those that was really big was chlamydia. You don't hear as much like about syphilis. Mm -hmm. But uh, herpes is a, is a really, is a big one. Again, I used to do uh, herpes testing. And so this is kind of what, what I've been seeing here. When it comes to HIV, when our project started up in 2008, it was because of the doctor that is over me uh, had noticed, they had been noticing this trend of numbers coming through in reference to black women in particular. And that is why when we named our study, you know, we named it based upon that because it had to do with black women. So uh, begin to look at that and ask those questions. So what we what, what we understand, Bishop, is that a lot of people are not being educated. When when people are educated about STDs, Bishop, I find that a lot of them, they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know. D these these are these are adults who are sexually <laughs> active and they didn't know the risk. Absolutely. Unfortunately, well, let me ask you, are these heterosexual or heterosexuals or, or gays or a combination? The majority are heterosexual. Hmm. Very few gays. In my, this is my personal experience in reference to my professional field. So these are, unfortunately, when it comes to things like herpes, people, some people, they just think they can go get a shot and you can get rid of it. You cannot get rid of herpes. Once you got it, you got it. There is no cure for herpes. There is now a cure for hep C that just came about a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And there is no cure for HIV. Even when people can get their numbers down, okay, they have to understand that there's still no cure for HIV. And I think a lot of people, they just didn't know some things in reference to HIV. That's the reason why, Bishop, when, we, when someone goes to go get testing for hiv for example i can really speak more on that because that's my area okay yes ma'am that i do right now that i've been doing since 2008 so when they go get hiv testing they go to the doctor to get tested in my professional field and what my personal beliefs are okay i believe that everybody should get pre-test counseling first now what is what is what is what is what is that so the pretest counseling is when you're actually letting them know what HIV is, how you con you know how you can how you contract it, how to protect yourself, you know those kind of things. Then you do the HIV test. Then after that, and then you do the post-test counseling. Those people who are positive, then I tell them you're positive, and this is what you need to do. Number one, you make sure you get to your doctor right away. If they are not comfortable, they're really afraid, they don't have a support system. I can meet them there. Just as that support system. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and just, again, that's that every compassion. So what happens? People talk to me, Bishop. They talk to me because of that. And at the other part of it, if they are negative, then I tell them how to stay negative. And is that, that staying negative, uh, advising them to use protection if they're going to continue to be sexually active? Or do you advise them to just abstain? The first thing we know is abstinence. Mm -hmm. The only true way that anybody can stay healthy, sexually healthy, even in, re in reference to diseases, is to not have sex, period, to practice abstinence. Mm -hmm. That's the only sure way. Because mm -hmm. even if you look at it, there is a medication out there that is called PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis, okay? That medication 
is also a lot of people see it today and it is called Travada on the commercials. Mm -hmm. So I was actually surprised to know that as much as I see that commercial, Bishop, that a lot of people just wrote it off because that's not for me. Hmm. Okay. But because I know that it does, then of course I'm going to tell them. So because uh, it's like, no, that's a gay drug. That's to keep gay people, homosexuals from getting HIV. That's not true. So these are the things that people don't know. So that pill is a pill that's, uh, that, but get this, it's 92% accurate. Have to take it every, every single day. Cannot hmm. miss a day. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now that being said, there's still 8% Bishop. So guess what? Abstinence is always better. Yeah. Abstinence is, a, fornication is a sin. It is what it is. It's like, don't do it. But if you're going to, again, protect yourself. Do you recommend individuals who are engaged, planning to, to marry, to be tested for an STD before getting engaged or before marrying? Absolutely. This is what myself and Elder Jet do. We do premarital counseling because I will not officiate a wedding without it. I agree 100%. I won't do it either. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and therefore, I added in there. I added it in there a little while ago, not so maybe a year or so, whatever ago. And I simply say this, I am going to suggest to you to get tested for everything. And the reason being is because there are those dormant diseases like herpes that have not shown up yet, like HIV that that person is walking with. that have no idea because what does HIV look like? It's beautiful and it's handsome. Mm -hmm. It looks like. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, go get tested. That way, you know what you're walking into this marriage with. Not everybody can handle that. So that way, nobody's uh, pretending like they have nothing and get into this marriage. And now uh, you have sex with your partner, you got your honeymoon, you know, and, and you haven't had sex for, um, to, for the last past six months, a year, whatever. And now here we are. And now you've given your spouse herpes and now they have a, a breakout and they're looking at you like, oh, my God, it's better to do this stuff in advance. So did you go into your marriage fully knowing and fully disclosed? Would you would you officiate the wedding for someone who refuses to be tested for STDs? I would, because at the end, it is a suggestion. Mm -hmm. It is a suggestion because people, if this is what they want to do, you know, we do have to give people that that leverage this their life. And so as, as a suggestion, and if they come back and they say, I'm just not going to go do it, you know, I just don't want to do it. And then it's on them after that. Okay. My thing for, as a pastor and as an educator, okay, is to give the information. We cannot make anybody do it. I cannot. I cannot say if you don't do this, uh, I'm not going to officiate your wedding, but I'm definitely going to make sure that I educate them and say this is why you should. Pastor Jet, let's go back to the HIV positive stats among African-American women. What's happening there? Why are there so many STDs among our black women? One of the reasons is this. We have so many black men in prison. Hmm. A lot of our black men are in prison. Once they have been there for many years, not all of them, some of them will end up practicing and having sex with other men. Mm -hmm. So men have sex with men who do not deem themselves as gay. Okay. There are men have because this is 
I'm trying to use my right word in here. So uh, they do not deem themselves as gay. They say, I have sex with me because I've been locked up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. They come back home to that woman in their life. Okay. And while in, while being incarcerated, have gotten HIV. Scared. And, and, and sometimes they don't know when they come home. Sometimes they do know. Okay. Number one. Number two, we got a lot of men on the down low. Mm -hmm. Women do not know it. They are bisexual. Some women do know it and they're bisexual and they know it mm -hmm. and we still not use protection. Wow. You're an educator. What do we do? What role do we have in the church in educating individuals and families within the church? How do we, how do we approach that? The way that I personally approach this, it is it is by a a family by family uh, basis, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Some people wouldn't dare even have this conversation. Number one, they're too ashamed. Mm -hmm. They don't want me to know what their children are even doing. Yeah, because they're afraid. Even though they they know how compassionate I am, they know how loving. But they it's like don't don't you don't want to make the pastor think we're just horrible people. So they <laughs> yeah. <try to> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In actuality, they're just dealing with everyday stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and so therefore, I, I personally believe that the church actually has a role in this. We cannot allow the school system to educate our children, especially today, when they are saying certain things are okay and we know that they're not. And so then we got our precious children coming home and we won't talk to them. So in the church, uh, it's the same way. So... God gave me something, Bishop, years ago, and it was cry loud, spare not, mm -hmm. HIV 101. That's what God gave me. Wow. And I would tell you, and I was evangelist. I'm talking years ago, okay? So this started actually uh, when I first started. So 2008 is when I started uh, working in, in research. And that's when God gave me this. Once I got to a place, it went long, about a year into it. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord spoke that so clear into me. Cry loud, spare not, HIV 101. Oh, my God. I'm a Christian. I'm an evangelist. I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I preach against fornication, you know, and, and I'm like, oh my God. So I shared that with my pastor and mother people found out. So I actually remember the day they first had me to come and speak on this in the church. And I remember the faces. Oh my God, I was going to be shunned. I'm going to be stoned to death. Uh, so I, I began to share and I shared pictures and you know, and just different things about HIV for as much as I knew back then. And the outcome of that was so great. Wow. So our job, my job then, it was on me. The mandate was on me mm -hmm. to educate these people at that time. So I still do it today the same way. But what, what I loved about it is that I began to share, and we, and we, even to your doctor, we cannot depend on the doctor to tell our kids because not all doctors feel like we feel. Right, right. They're going to say, oh, you're okay. Just go get some birth control pills, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and we're saying, no, 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 you know, don't go there. Let, let's do this first before you go. Let's, let's protect our kids. So, so the role of the church today is truly to educate our children. How can we, we said we're going to train them up the way they should go. Right. I can just stop right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're going to train them up the way they should go. Okay. So if I'm going to train them in every other area, why not in this area? It makes sense. I have to. It makes a lot of especially sense. especially today, well, you know, how am I not going to, my grandbabies, they're, they're little precious girls and, a, and the upcoming 
a preteen right now. Lord have mercy. So, so we got these kids, and I'm going to protect them, and I'm going to educate them. When and the kids at church, and, and even talking about this now, I've already shared uh, with the youth director. I said it's time to do something. You know, uh, so not that I don't talk about it because I talk about it openly. So it is our, as a, as an educator, and even those people that, that they're not sure, then call somebody in. Yeah. You know, call somebody in and say, I'm, I'm just not comfortable to do this. So that's, you know, so I was, I went to the church and, and I, and I talked about this and did the presentation, but I would tell you at the outcome, more people walked away saying, cause I had other things in there. Evangelist jet, they called me evangelist jet, mm-hmm. running, running me down at the parking lot, mm-hmm. a couple of young ladies. They said, I don't want a boyfriend. I want courtship. <laughs> And I broke that thing down too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we definitely got to get you back, uh, Pastor Jed, so we can explore more of these topics. Uh, I want to speak to Associate Pastor Corey about getting you here um, to CTC in Maywood for a seminar so that you can help educate us and those who are part of our ministry so that we'll be better equipped to be able to inform those who are members of our congregation. Pastor Jet, you have any closing remarks? I just want to say thank you so much, uh, Bishop Bellamy, for having me today. And I'm very passionate about this particular topic. So thank you again for having me. Well, thank you for being our guest on today. And God bless you and continued success. God bless you. Thank you. Friends, this is Pastor Michael Bellamy. My guest today has been Pastor Angela Jed. I hope you enjoyed our podcast and will subscribe to our Facebook page. You will find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen as well? We would also love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook and via email at theelephant2022 at gmail.com. Be safe, stay healthy, God bless.